Welcome to the Foam Finger Podcast. I'm your host, Ian, alongside my co-host, Jacob. We are cousins. We are a lifelong sports fan. How's it going, Jacob? It's going good. we got a big day ahead of us. It is the NFL Draft. We also have some NHL playoffs going on, along with the start of the baseball season. But we're going to start off with some NBA playoff talk. So let's get let's kick it to the Western Conference with the Steve Kerr injury. Do you think this is going to affect the Warriors at all or no? Not at all. In my opinion, basketball is the one sport where the coach doesn't have as much of an impact, such as football, where I think the coach has the biggest impact. The Warriors are a good enough team without Steve Kerr, and I think they'll still win the title without him playing. I completely disagree with that. I still think they'll win the title, but I think that Steve Kerr is actually a huge impact. Mike Brown is not a good coach. I mean, you saw what he happened with him and LeBron. That was just a disaster with those two together. So I personally think that they need Steve Kerr. Or if they had Luke Walton like they did last year, they'd be fine. But Mike Brown scares me. And if they make it to the finals and get past the Spurs, I think he'll be a liability. Yeah, I think Steve Kerr will do everything that he can to coach in the finals unless he really has to stay back and can't coach. But I think he will do everything to be out there with the team. But I think it does set out for a really fun matchup between Mike Brown and LeBron James if that happens because I know those two still got beef. Yeah, I don't think they like each other very much. No, they do not. All right, let's move on to the most likely MVP, Russell Westbrook, in his Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, they got knocked out. Do you think Russ should be MVP? You know, I still think that Russell should be MVP. I think he doesn't have the pieces around him like Harden does. You know, it's just really him. As we saw in the playoffs, without him, that team looks like a D-League team. I think many D-League teams could beat them without Russell Westbrook. Yeah, but I just see it as, like, the stats that Russell Westbrook is putting up aren't that more impressive than what James Harden's putting up. Because if, if you look at the games and you've watched the film, Russell Westbrook is getting the rebounds that other big men should get and would get, but they're just giving them to him. And their assist numbers, James Harden has more assist points. Russ, I think, is winning that one. Russ Not, has a, a few more points. Russ has more points. Like, I don't see that as a big deal. Like, the rebounds is not the difference maker, and Harden put his team in a much better situation to win. I would agree about the rebounds, but a lot of those rebounds are part of their offense. If you look, the reason he's getting those rebounds is because it's a transition offense, and they're going out there in the transition game where he tries to get out there and get the ball to his other guys. So I think those rebounds are part of the game plan, not just the big men giving him the ball. What about the one the other day where he literally just took the ball right out of his teammates' hands? Like, that's not, that's him just trying to pad his stats. He was, that was completely unnecessary. I agree that he does get some that the big men should have, but I don't think it's all of them, and it might be two a game. I don't know, I just think Harden should definitely be the MVP because he put his team in a a place to be successful. Plus, like, Russell Westbrook doesn't have the clutch team. Clutch is not there for him. Name one game-winning shot he's hit. He hit the one where he was about 35 feet out against, I believe it was the Suns. All right, one game-winning shot. Not clutch. Russ is not clutch. His fourth, and plus he's, he doesn't do enough for his team in the fourth quarter. It's just not there. Let's move on to the Spurs-Grizzlies series. So the Spurs, they're playing tonight, and... I I mean, you and I both agree. Spurs are going to win tonight, right? I believe the Spurs will win. Kawhi's um, too good to stop. Yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a top three player in the NBA. Um, he's uh, unbelievable on the defensive end, and he can score however he wants to. This series, I think it could be a good game tonight. Memphis has played them tough this entire series. There hasn't really been a blowout game. No, it's been a very close series. It's, been, I, it's that's, been a great series. It's been fun to watch, too. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun where Kawhi had that crazy fourth quarter in overtime, they still didn't get the win. 
because Memphis is a good team. That was an insane game. But I'm a, I think the Spurs are a very good basketball team. They're the best coach team in the NBA. I mean, no one's gonna argue that Pop's not. Pop's the best coach in the league. Um, yeah, that's that game where uh, Kawhi and Conley went back and forth. Kawhi's obviously the better player, but the amount of money that Conley's getting, like he should be doing way, way more. And you can't get mad at Conley for accepting the contract, but what in the world are the Grizzlies doing there? Well, I think that this whole contract thing, the salary cap is getting moved up next year. So they figured they had the money this year, so they should give it to him so he doesn't go anywhere, which I think was a good move. But, but he's he not is. hes not like a marquee star, star player. Like, I'm assuming after this year, and I was listening to a reporter earlier today that said that after this year, Russ would get five years, $220 million, which is $40 million a year, which is just absolute lunacy. And Conley's only making about $30 million a year, so Conley, I think, is a Tier 2 point guard. I think he is a very good point guard. Yeah, but I don't think he's deserving of this money. Like, he can't lead. If you're making this much money in the NBA right now, you better lead your team to the finals. I think he needs some pieces around him to get the job done. He has Marcus All, who I feel is a phenomenal player. But also with Vince Carter, Zach Randolph, those are some old, older guys that you can't really rely on to give you the complete game that um, guys like uh, Harden have around him and guys like... KD have around him, and guys like LeBron well, KD is the best team around him. But I think that, yeah, but when you're taking that much money, you can't put good guys around you. Like, going back to that Russ contract, when Russ is going to get that contract, he is going to deplete the Rockets, or not the Rockets, the Thunder, absolutely destroy them, because then they won't be able to afford to get other good players, and his whole issue is that he can't work with the team that he has. I think an interesting thing over there could be maybe Blake Griffin going to Oklahoma City this free agency. He's from Oklahoma, played at Oklahoma, so I think that he would be a very good addition. He doesn't really demand the ball. Russell Westbrook could still be taking it up, still be taking the big shots. I think Blake Griffin could really make that team. Blake Griffin has looked bad as of late, though. He's looked really bad as of late. When he's healthy, he's a top one of the top big men in the NBA, but he can't stay healthy. So I think he is really good. If he gets healthy, gets to be 100%. That'd be one scary duo with Russ and Blake Griffin. See, I just still don't think they could do anything to stop the Warriors or anything. I mean, there's just... No, if Kevin Durant stays, there's no stopping them. They have too good of a team around them. This draft coming up, um, they'll just add more pieces. They'll add pieces in free agency. Players will want to go there to win a title. So they can, just like David West has, he's been a crucial piece to that team playing when Durant's been hurt, and he has signed a, he signed a minimum. So... I think that that's a team that really just they won't get split up unless one of them chooses to leave. Yeah, but you were saying like players signed minimums to play on that team. Players won't sign minimums to play with Russell Westbrook. A lot of guys do not want to play with him. Yeah, because um, they don't get the spotlight. Russ no, it's not even a shot. spotlight thing. It's just like they don't get the ball. Right, Russell Westbrook demands the ball a lot, and he wants to take those shots. He wants to take big shots. So I really think that... Um, he needs to have players around him that will want to play with him, and he has to open up his game to be with some players. All right, so let's move on to, I believe, Rockets-Spurs next round. Yeah, Rockets-Spurs next round if the Spurs win. Who do you think is winning that one? I like the Spurs. I still think they're a great team. They're a well-coached team. They have Kawhi, who I think would end up guarding Harden, totally shut him down. Um, I, mean, Harden I don't still, think Kawhi could shut Harden down. Harden would still be putting up 30, but Kawhi's quick enough. And he's uh, tenacious enough to really get in Harden's way. Um, I still think Harden would be putting up 30, but it wouldn't be the 
um, with the leisure that he's been doing it this series. Yeah. The past series. I don't know. I kind of... The one thing that would hurt the Rockets a lot is refs love to give Harden the calls and, like, the and one and, the, like, the three-point fouls. And when you're playing the Spurs, you do not get those calls. No, because um, the Spurs get in your way. And, and the Spurs are respected by the refs and everyone else in the league. So I, I think the Spurs are going to win the series, but it's going to be the most fun series of next round by far. Yeah, because, I mean, the Rockets rely on the three. And, I mean, Spurs shoot the three well, too, but the Rockets live and die in the three. So they'll have to open up their game. I mean, you could argue that this is the second and third best teams in the league matching up against each other. It's going to be a great series. Yeah, be a great series. All right, let's move on to the Eastern Conference with my least favorite player in the entire NBA, LeBron James. That guy is the worst. Great basketball player, but the wor- I just can't stand him as a human. I, I would disagree with you. I think he's actually a great human. I think he's done really well for he's a uh, class act. He's um, never class done act. Wrong. Yeah, right. He's never. He's, he's re- such an egomaniac. It's absurd. You know, I I I respect him. I don't hate him. Oh I, God, I can't stand the guy. The zero dark thirty twenty three, as if zero dark twenty three wasn't good enough. Like. It's the stuff that he does to get attention. Isaiah Thomas' sister passes away tragically, which was a really sad, really terrible story. What does LeBron James do the next day? He records a video of himself and has it posted of him giving his condolences to Isaiah Thomas. Now, is that him giving condolences to Isaiah Thomas, or is that him saying, I'm LeBron James and I want attention? I think that's him giving condolences. Oh, I completely disagree, because he can send a text, he can make a phone call. But no, he wanted to make it public that he had made his condolences. I think it's complete BS that he thinks that people don't, People don't see past him. And I guess people don't see past his complete facade of him being such a great human. Like, he's just, he's an attention-seeking guy who is the best basketball player in the world, but isn't a good person. I still think he's a good person. I He hasn't done anything wrong. I think that video of him giving his condolences is a big reason why. I think that's him putting himself out, showing that No, but why did he have to make it a video? Why couldn't he have just made it a simple... Phone call to Isaiah Thomas. If he didn't, then he would be publicly criticized. No, he wouldn't. Did you hear anyone criticizing anyone for not making a video? Uh, did you hear anyone saying anything about KD? Anyone else? No. I'm sure a lot of guys text him, call him. But LeBron, I'm LeBron James, and I have to make a video about this so people know that I feel bad. So people know that, hey, Isaiah's not the only one in this league. I also am a person. But I think this is LeBron showing also... well. The reason he had to make this video, he's the face of the NBA. There is no other guy that you look to as the face. He is the face, and he has to do everything right. This was the right move for him to get himself out there and give his condolences to the family of Isaiah Thomas. I didn't think the video, the public video was necessary. If he had called Isaiah Thomas privately, it would have been just as good, if not better. All right, but his personality aside, him as a player, he's going to dominate the East. Do you think Boston has a chance at beating them? Because we both think Boston's going to beat... Uh, Chicago, right? Yeah, Chicago plays every team tough. Without Rondo, they really got hurt. Um, and they can't really... They, Rondo was everything for them. Even though Jimmy Butler's still their best player, Rondo was doing all the dirty work, getting rebounds, getting assists, scoring the ball, playing great defense. They just don't have that, and they're now starting point guard Isaiah Cannon. And they really just don't have a point guard right And now. even when Rondo comes back, he won't be 100%. Like, it's going to be tough for them to to win one game. This is if Rondo comes back, it's going to be him going out there and grinding just to try to give his team everything. Um I mean, obviously they need to win this next game to stay alive and Rondo still might not be back. They're saying 
They really just don't know. He's trying to get out there. Um, I respect Rondo for doing that, but I just don't think they have it. The Celtics have really found it winning the past three games. Yeah, I mean, the Celtics have completely taken the series over. Although the last game was close. It was and close it has up until stayed, the end. It has stayed competitive. The fourth quarter, though, watching that game, it didn't seem like the Bulls could really do anything. It seemed like the Celtics were just containing them, and the Celtics were doing their own thing, but the Bulls could not get any offense, any good offense, against the Celtics. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I just think... Exactly, the Bulls can't get offense. Jimmy Butler can't do everything. Russell Westbrook, same. It's like very similar to the Russell Westbrook situation where he can't do everything for a team. Not as extreme though. Not nearly as extreme. No. Um. Going back to Russell Westbrook, I mean, he was playing every minute pretty much, and when they would take him out, they'd get hurt. Um. It's tiring as well. Can as well as conditioned you can be. It's yeah. I mean, he's, I also don't think Russell Westbrook has an idea of like his motor. Like he doesn't in the game think okay. I'm going to take it easy for this next two possessions. That way I can play for longer. Well, I don't think that's always the bad mindset. To I think it's a completely wrong mindset because his team needs him energized and ready for the fourth quarter. Right, but I don't think you can just give away a couple possessions. Yeah, I don't know. All right, now let's move on to the best thing about the NBA playoffs by far, the post-game press conferences. They always bring some great clips. I mean, we all remember Curry's daughter. We all remember Rose, Derek Rose's son. And now, like this year, with Russ saying to cutting off his teammate Stephen Adams and saying to the reporter, "Hey, don't divide us up. Don't divide us up." By the way, what's your opinion on that, Jacob? I think that was the right move. Um, it can't be Russ versus his team. You can't do that in the playoffs. Obviously, everybody knows Stephen Adams knows Russell Westbrook knows that they're terrible without him on the court. Yeah, but the reporter wasn't asking like dividing us up. The reporter was asking like, "What do you guys need to do to be?" better when Russ is off the court. It's a 100% legitimate question, and not only that, Russ to, like Russ cutting off his teammate made Steven Adams look so bad. It did. Adams couldn't really do anything. He was putting an No, he can't position. cut he can't cut his superstar friend off. Like but I I think like the reporter asked a 100% legitimate question. It was question. legit. It was totally legit. I just don't I think Russell Westbrook made the right move. If this was during the regular season, that would have been correctly answered. But I th- Well, if it's during the regular season, they wouldn't both be up there. And that's what's great about the press conferences, when you have them sitting up there and the reporters waiting for them to come out. It's just favorite thing of the year. Like, go back to the Grizzlies coach when he goes out there and just rips on the refs. Like, some great, great stuff from press conferences, post-game um, press conferences. I also think that was the right move. He got oh, yeah. his, he got yeah, his That team, was the best thing. He got his team fired up. They came out those next two games, and they won those next two games. Um... And they weren't, and it looked like they were getting some of the calls that they yeah, weren't no, getting. They came out strong the next few games after that. It was impressive. And then after that, we had um, Markeith Morris calling Paul Millsap crybaby. Oh man, Markeith Morris and Marcus Morris. Those are two. Those are two good. Oh, those are two. Two guys. Um, but what do you think of Markeith Morris saying that stuff about Millsap? I have anything to get in your opponent's head, baby. I, I love when players call out other players. I think it should happen more often. I understand trying to get in your opponent's head. I think it fires both people up. But when you talk, you have to back it up, which Markeith Morris didn't. Um, I don't know. The Wizards are Wizards won the series, right? No. No, one game one. Yeah, they're a game away, but he was backing it up. Millsap's playing better. Um, obviously, Millsap's a better player, but 
Markeith's got to back that up. Yeah, but as a whole, like, when this stuff happens, it generates more buzz and makes the series just more exciting. And I love when this stuff happens, and I would love for it to happen more often. Like, if Russ went out there after the first game and said, like, Harden's a bitch, like, it would have been so much fun. Oh, that would have been. That would have been good media. And then last night we had Fred Hoiberg walking out of the postgame conference after he was asked a question about a question earlier where he said that Isaiah Thomas is impossible to guard because he carried the ball. And then he was asked the same question that... He was asked to basically clarify. Yeah, um, was he still carrying? And then he just said no, got up, and walked out. Um, what do you think of that? I think there was an under-the-table fine there if that stuff's happening. If he's saying stuff, because that's basically a shot at the refs. So Adam Silver might have shot him a little bit of a fine but said we're not going to make this public. Or it could have been like, he was proven wrong. He's lost a lot. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I don't know if that was the right move. It kind of looked childish after a oh, loss. Oh, it looked completely childish. It, it just it didn't look good to get up and walk out. Um, but like I've been saying, post-game press conferences... Make everything fun. Well, do you know who loves those post-game press conferences when this happens? ESPN does. So just yesterday, ESPN laid off 100 employees, so to speak. Not exactly 100, but close to 100. Ian, what do you think of that? Uh, I mean, I think it, we all saw it coming in some way or another. I didn't think any of us saw like the big names coming. I don't think any of us saw Trent Dilfer being fired, Jason Stark. Like Those guys are marquee ESPN guys, and they're gone. Like, it's yeah. crazy. I But ESPN just has had a terrible time keeping up with things like Barstool. Barstool is destroying ESPN in interaction. Their social media has been terrible. And a lot of the theme with their firing, though, lots of NHL guys left. But yeah. a lot they, of... Oh, go ahead. They totally got rid of every NHL guy. Um I don't know if that was a good move. Obviously, I think it was the right move because they literally have no NHL. They, they never covered um, NHL. They lost the TV deal with them. So um, they also fired Ed Werder, one of their lead NFL one guys. Of, yeah, that was weird. One of their like big, big time NFL guys they fired. Which yeah, I didn't understand that. I feel like he's been doing a good job. Obviously, he's a bit older, but. I feel yeah. like he's just been great for them. He's done great reporting. He I think what they're first. trying to do is put Jonasina Anderson in the NFL key reporting spot because she's done a good job with that, and I think that's she. Yeah, she has. She's. I mean, she got the AP report. She's getting a lot of stuff. Yeah, they also some other names. Um, Jay Crawford was fired. Dottie Pepper. Yeah, but the, there were a lot of like small time guys there weren't a lot of huge names but there was like the andy katzes were fired andy Danny, Danny Cannell was a big one Cannell too. was massive and Cannell, did you see Cannell where he threw a little shade at espn like hey i moved my whole family here i did this and then you guys laid me off like yeah i'll read the tweet uh, this is from danny Cannell at 12 45 p.m april 26 poured my heart and soul to espn for the last eight years moved my wife and kids and three kids to Connecticut to go all in five years ago. I did it in three minutes. And then two minutes after that, he um, kind of changed his tone in the next tweet. Opportunity I was given and people I got to work with. But I mean, I think this all has to do with the fact that like people aren't show, which I, I don't know. No, but that's ESPN's losing revenue because people aren't watching SportsCenter. Like, I don't go to ESPN to watch my highlights. I go on my phone, I check Twitter, I go to the app, and I see what I want to see. I don't sit through 30 minutes to see the one game that I wanted. 
I, I totally agree. I also think that um, now you can just get the highlights if it's on NBA.com, NHL.com, Anything. You can get the highlights. You can, just, you can find them anywhere. You can scroll through Twitter and you can see everything that you'd need. Right. I wake up in the morning and within five minutes, I know everything that I want to know that happened. Yeah, you go to bed pretty early, so when you wake up, you get to, you catch up. Literally, how fast do you catch up? It's It might be less than five minutes. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but they're also losing, they're not losing to FS1, they're losing guys to FS1. Like, you have guys Yeah, they lost like Colin, Coward. Coward. And then they also lost our good friend, Skip Bayless. Now, everyone knows Skip Bayless has some of the hottest takes in the world. In fact, someone called them not even real takes. So I decided to come up with a game for my co-host Jacob called, Did Skip Really Say That? I have eight quotes from Skip Bayless that may or may not be true. I bet you you can't get five of these correct. All right, we'll see. All right, let's check it out. After LeBron left Cleveland to join the Big Three in Miami, Skip Bayless said, LeBron will never win a championship in Miami. True or false? False. That is correct. Before the 2011 NFL draft, Skip Bayless tweeted out that he would rather have Josh Freeman over Cam Newton. True. That is correct. Jacob. Wow. Okay. While Tim Tebow was on the Broncos, Skip Bayless said, you'd rather have Tim Tebow than Aaron Rodgers in the last two minutes of a game. False. No, that one is true. Skip Bayless truly believed that at one point in his life. He might still believe that now. Four. So you've gotten two right, one wrong. On to the fourth one. After Kelly Oubre was taken in the 2015 NBA draft, Skip Bayless said, Without a doubt in my mind, this kid will be a superstar. True. False. Ah. He did not say that about Kelly Oubre, although he might say something that ridiculous tonight with the NFL draft. We'll see. Okay. After the Browns drafted Johnny Manziel, Skip Bayless tweeted out that Manziel would be a bigger star in Cleveland than LeBron ever was. That was true. That one is true and the most ludicrous thing that he may have ever said. Yeah. That, I mean, LeBron is the star in Cleveland. LeBron James spent more time in Cleveland while he was on the Heat than Johnny Manziel did in his career. That is a true statement. Before the 2012 NBA draft, Skip tweeted out that Anthony Davis had bust written all over him. False. That one is false. Skip Bayless is not that insane. Well, maybe. So I'm four for six. Four for six right now. Four for six. After the 2014 NFL season, Skip Bayless proclaimed that Tony Romo was the best quarterback in the NFL and he was going to be for the foreseeable future. False. That is false. But that one, Skip Bayless said things very similar to that during that season when Romo had his best year. Yeah, got to feel bad for Tony Romo. So you've gotten five of seven right now. Wow. All right, here we go. Last one. In the 2015 NFL season, Skip Bayless tweeted out that if the Jets had played Tim Tebow instead of Mark Sanchez, they would have made the playoffs. That one's true. That one is true. And can we ask, what is Skip Bayless's obsession with Tim Tebow? Why does he think he'll be such a good quarterback? Is a such a good quarterback? Well, right now, Skip Bayless should go and play for the Fireflies along with Tim Tebow. Um, obviously Tim is Tebow that the team that Tebow's on, the I Fireflies? Think, I think it's the Fireflies. That is classic. Um, 
you know, I, I like Tim Tebow. I think he's I, he, obviously he wasn't a great um, football player, but I, he seemed like a great guy. He always has. Um, and I, I just Skip Bayless though. Yeah, he says some crazy things. And uh, I think it's like Stephen A. Smith what he says. I think it's but for I think the, the Skip Bayless Stephen A. Smith Stephen A. Smith stuff that worked and that brought views to ESPN. Like now, now uh, Stephen A. and Max Kellerman. Like I I don't care what Max Kellerman says. No, nobody does. No one ever liked Max Kellerman. As a matter of fact, Tebow plays for the Columbia Fireflies, a Mets affiliate. <laughs> Columbia Fireflies. All right, let's move on to the big event of the night. The NFL Draft, baby. Tonight is like the night when you get that slight taste of NFL. You're like addicted to NFL, and then it's you cut cold turkey after the Super Bowl, and today you get like a little bit of the taste. It's just a little bit there. Yeah. Um, tonight's draft's interesting. It's known as a weak draft, but I think there are a bunch of players that can be huge factors on teams. Wasn't the 2011 draft considered a weak draft, though, beforehand? I'm not quite sure about that, but that could go down as the best draft ever yeah. one day. I mean, if you look at the players that were drafted in that draft, it's just all-star or all-pro after all-pro after all-pro. So, it's, um, but I think there's a, there's a good, there are good players on the defensive end of the ball. Um, it's a good defensive end. There is a good defensive end. There are a bunch of good defensive ends. Um, but you also see some offensive players drafted pretty early, such as Leonard Fournette, I think. I, I mean, a lot of the um, experts have him going number four to the Jaguars, which I think is Doesn't high. Fournette's injury history, though, scare the living crap out of you if you're a GM? I don't know. I mean, he didn't really look great this year. I never saw it. Like, and he was still recovering from the injury, but I never saw anything special out of Leonard Fournette. Well, they're, I, they're comparing him to Adrian Peterson, just a downhill runner, big, strong. Um, I, I just I don't see him being that great. He's so injury-prone. For you to put your fourth pick on the line for him, that's a lot for someone who's got had so many injuries in his college career. Another stock that's rising, another running back, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he was known as a early second-round, late first-round pick. Now they're saying top ten. That. They're all saying that he had the best combine out of anyone. And it's just like, Christian McCaffrey, I, I'm i still rooting for him to end up on the Patriots, man. They need another white guy. The Patriots are too perfect for Christian McCaffrey. I hope that he just drops. Um, I don't think he will, but my whole thing is... No, there were reports that he was in the, he was going to be in the top ten, which is um, insanity. Uh, He's of Christian the four, McCaffrey. Of the four NFL.com um, experts... Uh, three of them have Christian McCaffrey going eight overall to the Panthers. One of them has him going seven overall to the Chargers. There was a report out earlier today, though, that the Christian McCaffrey to the Panthers was like a uh, was a false rumor that was just that was sent out as like a false flag so a team after them could get him. But I, I don't know. I don't think he's a top eight pick. That's a little. I don't. It seems like a lot for Christian McCaffrey, especially for a running back, because you can find so many good running backs. There's some. There. First of all, I would way rather have other running backs in this draft than than uh, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, Cook is way better than McCaffrey in my opinion. Way more NFL ready too. You know, I love that. I didn't love that too much. Um, and then one of the biggest con- uh, not really controversies. One of the biggest. Quiet- I really say four. 
four. Well, we have Trubisky, we have Kaiser, we have Mahomes, and Sean Watson. So, yeah, five. I was, um, and Trubisky's obviously 13 games in college. So, is he pro ready? I know it's a completely different sport, but, like, how many around there? Similar numbers. I don't know. I also think basketball. Basketball's different. No, the complete, game, yeah, no. The game translates. The game translates totally different. I uh, think um, Trubisky never played in the hu- never was in a huddle. He never. I'm pretty sure he was never. He was in an audible offense. I think. Um, yeah, I don't think he ever played in um, a huddle his entire career. So. Um, Those guys are always interesting to see how they do in the NFL because you have guys like Mariota who didn't have the best first year, but like his second year was a phenomenal year. Yeah, Mitch, Mitch Trubisky never played in the huddle, so that's dangerous to take first overall. Because there are talks that he might go first overall to the Browns now, and like, yeah, people are predicting it. Actually, the Browns might get scared, take him instead of Miles Garrett. I think Miles Garrett's a scary guy off the edge, super athletic. I think there's no reason for the Browns not to take Miles Garrett. Their quarterback situation is just not. I mean, they do have Brock, and yes, their quarterback situation is bad. But I don't think Trubisky's the answer. I think they got to wait till next year. Um, I, I think Miles Garrett, he's, he's a great player, but one of my big things is, is, is it's something I heard earlier today, the top paid defensive linemen, none of their teams are good. Um, if you look, Ndamukong Su of the Dolphins is the highest paid, their team got knocked out in the first round, none of them made it, one of them made it past the first round of the playoffs, which was J.J. Watt, who wasn't even playing, there was no other team of the top 10 paid Three of them, three of their teams made the playoffs, and one of them made it past the first round, which was J.J. Watt. The other two that made the playoffs were um, Nadam Kong Su and Olivier Vernon. Um, but if you look at the top paid guys, then if you look at um, quarterbacks, yeah, his chances against Brady. I mean, he was getting to him in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I think the the fo- the game of football rounds. There's no other thing that you, you do for sure. They're very weak, very very weak. I don't think there really would be. I don't. I think Garrett's a totally right pick. I think Trubisky's them getting scared. Um, um, I don't know about this kid. I think he has a great arm. He's athletic, and I I really really like him. My big thing on the Browns is that I think they should wait until next year and draft Lamar Jackson. I think he's gonna be a stud in that. The, the guy that's gonna be unbelievable next year is Sam Darnold out of USC. No, he will be. He will. As of now, he is the first. Ace. Dud. Mark Jackson doesn't throw the ball, but he does put up great fantasy numbers. And our next big thing is, are there any players in this draft that are going to have a huge fantasy impact? Now, Jacob and I are both huge fantasy football fans. I mean, it's, during football season, we spend, I'd say, what, five hours a week each week, and that's before the games on Sundays. Lots of hours. Sunday, it's 12 Dedicated hours a day. I mean, it's, it's, some, it's some maniac stuff. So... Looking at these this draft class, I personally see, like, if McCaffrey goes to the Panthers in a PPR league, I love McCaffrey. Right, I think McCaffrey will be great. Um, he will bring a lot to that offense. I also like Corey Davis out of Western Michigan. You know, we are from Michigan. We root for Western. Um, I think he's a very pro-ready wide receiver. He's big. He's fast. He's strong. And whatever team he goes to, he will be a top two target. Oh, Corey Davis is going to... Remember in the bowl game, some of the catches that he was making? I mean, some of the catches he made over Wisconsin were unbelievable. He is just so good. I mean, um, he's great. I also... 
There are two tight ends that are very good in this draft. Obviously, OJ, oh, OJ Howard's the best one. I like OJ Howard, the back, so I don't see him being a huge fantasy impact. If he tight does. ends are where the league was the weakest this year, fantasy wise, drafted by the Browns or anything. I think if Leonard Fournette goes to the Jaguars and if he becomes a three down back for them, which he shouldn't be, if he stays healthy, if he, he will stays be healthy, in around ten points a game in a standard league. So, um, but I, I don't see. I just. I don't know. I think Corey Davis is going to be one. A guy I think that could have a huge fan team like the Chiefs, which is where um, NFL.com expert um, Daniel Jeremiah has him. He will be huge, which they love. I'm not a huge fan of having great combines. But, <laughs> nah. I, I mean, 100% agree with you. NFL, same with Pro Day. Pro Day is overrated. I think Pro Day is way more important than combine. Pro Day is balls from a quarterback that they've never caught a ball before. Pro Day is where you know who guys really are. After, but combine the NFL analyst thing. For sure. So we talked about Christian McCaffrey's stock going up, and another player whose stock has gone way down. Is So his stock was already falling. Now he had this whole thing with the diluted sample. Um, history of Not camping. buying it. Um, he did not test positive for anything, but but he, does it affect him? I, I think he's going to drop out of the first round, personally. And I also... I thought he'd be this stud in the NFL that people thought he was going to be. Um, I'm a Michigan fan. I think that Jabril Peppers, he has so, so, so much how talent. many How many interceptions did he get in his entire college career? He had career? one, but it's, it's, it's a totally different game, playing up at the, in the I, box like he was, playing more of a linebacker He played position. a lot of safety. He did not play that much safety. He played safety his redshirt freshman year. Um, that was a was, disaster. And uh, Michigan wasn't Michigan was actually decent that year, but he wasn't great. He was he's not great in coverage, but I think that again I'm saying this with a def- with a creative defensive coordinator he could be a stud just by the way how athletic he is. He's so fast, um, so I think he has to have a defense that will fit him well. But if he's kind of if he's having to guard the slot guys, he'll have a big trouble. I think. This is my personal opinion. I think he'll be a kick returner his entire career. I don't think he'll be a defensive success. I don't think he was the best player in his defense. I think Jordan Lewis was way better than he was defensively. Well, Jordan Lewis is projected to be a third-round pick now. Uh, high sky I would from love Michigan. for a team, any team that gets Jordan Lewis is getting a steal. I think he's way underrated. He's a phenomenal slot corner. He was locked down. I would love to see, also as a, as a Detroit Lions fan, the Lions have never had a slot corner. If they can get Jordan Lewis in oh, the third round, that's a God, steal. God, that'd be unreal for the Lions. Um, so we've been talking about a draft. Now we're going to do a different type of draft. It is, what are the best names in pro sports? Where each current and former. Current and former. Um, each of us get three picks. Ian, you're on the clock. Who are you um, taking? Dun, 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 dun. With the first pick... Of the 2017 Pro Athlete Names Draft, I select Haha Clinton Dix. It's an interesting pick. Um, obviously, it's a it's a pretty funny name, um, crazy name. So, I I, I think it, I think it's the best name out there right now. Current athlete, best name out there, without a doubt. I'm gonna take with my first pick. He was on Alabama State, played basketball. His name is. Gerlenti's Chief Kicking Stallions, Kicking Stallion Sims Jr. That's a great name. The guy's a chief. I think that's a phenomenal name. I, I, I personally am I'm a fan of his father, Gerlenti's Chief King Stallion, Kicking Stallions 
Senior. Good one. I wonder how you found that one out. I, and I, I'm a real big fan of his. I think that's the better name. I think the junior adds a little bit of unoriginality to it. Who are you taking as your next pick? With my next pick in the draft, I am going to take the one, the only, Meta World Peace. So you're you're staying you're staying reg album, you're staying current. So why'd you take that name? Oh Meta World Peace, he's a classic. No no other person well no other person has punched a fan and changed his name in the entire country. Meta World Peace is the greatest name out there. The fact that he thought after he punched a fan, well, I'm going to get a better name out for myself by renaming myself Meta World Peace. Because no one will remember that Ron Artest guy. So I'm going to take, he was a member of our hometown Detroit Tigers 1984 championship team. He did manage the Royals too. I'm going to take Rusty Cunts. Now that is a steal of the draft. Rusty Cunts. I think that's a phenomenal name. I don't know how he fell this far. That's just a that, great name. I'm shocked he fell that far as well. Well, with my third and final pick of the 2017 Pro Athlete Name Draft, I'm going to take the one, the only, God's Gift, Achua. So you, many great things going on in that name. So many things. God's Gift, what confidence by the mother. Achua, bless you, every time. He was he was on my draft board. He would have been my next pick, but with him with him being picked, I am going to take a linebacker from Florida Atlantic, Your Highness Morgan. Uh, Your Highness, one word. I think that's a phenomenal name, and I'm not sure how he felt. I just think that's a great name. I I'm a bigger fan of God's Gift to Chua. I think that was the name. That is a great name. That was the name right there. So somebody else on my draft board. He didn't just quite have it. Austin Powers, he played basketball for Seattle U. He is so not the that, international that man of mystery. That wasn't a good name until he was the international man of mystery. Not at all. It is spelled with an E, not an I. Oh, so Austin. it's basically just a normal name. It is a normal name, but he is not See, the international man of mystery. The next guy on my draft board is a classic Dick Buckus. Dick such Buckus. a great name and such a legend. He's the only Hall of Famer out of this group. That is true. Um, but... Some other NFL player who will be in the Hall of Fame, Adrian Peterson, just recently signed with the New Orleans Saints. And another um, fairly old running back, Marshawn Lynch, came out of retirement to sign with the Oakland Raiders. So one of the big questions is either Is it them, Oakland or uh, Las Vegas Raiders, Jacob? It is the Oakland Raiders currently. They lost, they two will more be, years. They got two more years. So one of the big questions is, will either of them have a good season? And if so, which one will have the better season? My personal take on this is that Marshawn Lynch will have the far superior year. First of all, Oakland's O-line is probably the second or third best O-line in the entire NFL, behind maybe Atlanta and definitely behind Dallas. I agree. Also, AP is going to be the second running back in that offense. Yeah, Mark for Ingram. sure. Mark, I find Mark Ingram a phenomenal running back. I think he's great. Marshawn Lynch really has nobody to compete with. Yeah, there's they, there's they, no one out there. Well, I don't know. I can the see Raiders, them drafting a running back. The Raiders also love to run a multiple running back system. Right. I can see them drafting a running back maybe in the second or third round who can come in and play. But I see well, the big question for both of them is, is either of them can, can either of them stay healthy? And I think Marshawn can stay healthier way more than AP can. I think AP might just fall apart on the field. I agree, but I don't think he'll be getting more than 200 carries 
Yeah, no, eighth. I think I think Ingram. Yeah, but also Sean Payton doesn't love Mark Ingram. Sean Payton likes to. I mean, he loved giving Tim Hightower carries. There was nothing that Mark that uh, Sean Payton loved doing more than giving Hightower carries. Right. He ended up benching Mark Ingram last year. Um. But so we're gonna move on from the NFL. We'll see what happens in the draft tonight. This um, is a. We're moving on to the NHL. To a segment that I like to call Jacob Talks while Ian nods in agreement. Jacob, take it away. So I'm a big NHL fan, Ian not so much. Yeah. Uh we've had some great series so far. I would agree. Um we're already in the second round, unlike the NBA, who cannot move their playoffs along. Takes too long. Um so we already have we had game one of the Predators and Blues series last night. Predators won a stunner. That was a great game, went down to the wire. I agree. And the Oilers beat the Ducks. True. So, um, in the NHL, uh, home ice does not mean as much because we've seen many road teams win. That is correct. And then tonight we have Rangers-Senators, which I think can be a very good series. The Senators have run under the radar this entire year. Um, they have a great team. They have a great goalie. In They do have a great goalie. They do. Um, and then we also have... Tonight, Penguins Capitals, which might be the best series of this playoffs. Two phenomenal teams that can score the puck like no other. Agreed. We'll have Sidney Crosby and um, Alex Ovechkin going head to head. They don't like each other very much, um, and I think that will be a great series. So one of the big definitely st- going to be a great series. One of the big stories out of the Ottawa Senators is Craig Anderson. Um, he is their goalie. He's been standing at his head this playoffs. He but truly has. He didn't play this entire season because his wife was um, diagnosed with cancer, so he went home to be with her, which I totally agree with. That's a great move. Um, and then his first game back, he did end up coming back this year. He um, had a shutout, which I think is phenomenal. That's just one of those stories that you just love to hear. Yeah, and then um, before uh, their final game against the Bruins in the first-round series, she came to watch him. Which I just love to see. It's great to see somebody. It's terrible that she got cancer, but the story behind it and the fact that he's able to play through it is something truly incredible. Yeah, I love that too. Uh, one of the big, um, one of the big things in hockey is that they're very tough, and a lot of teeth get knocked out. So, Ian, what do you think of their teeth well, always being knocked my, out? My my thing with hockey is wear a mouth guard. It makes no sense they why these guys... They do wear mouth guards. They don't wear enough mouth guards. Oh, they're very thin. They have them in and out. Yeah. Wear the mouth guard or maybe put out, put a full face shield. Do something. There is n- Like, I get the whole persona like, hockey players are NHL tough. doesn't allow face shields unless you have a jaw injury. Yeah, that's, that's ludicrous. If they can get the clear face shields, why wouldn't they allow it? Because it'll make the players reckless hitting and they'll just... They won't... They'll be fearless to just go in there and hit somebody. I don't think the helmet's what's stopping them. I, 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 I agree, but that's I, I just, just like that's their rule. I think it might make players have a tendency to fight more, which would be good for the NHL. Because if they want to get back into mainstream, throw a few more fights in there, you'll get a bigger audience. But I'm not Gary Bettman. So. I personally love to watch the fights. Uh, another tradition in the NHL is after the series, they always go through that handshake. Asterix, line. one of the stupidest traditions in the NHL. So Ian, why do you think that's stupid? These kids aren't for, they aren't they aren't third graders. They don't need to shake hands after after they lose a series. They can go into the locker room. They can add some drama. Like 
it's just not necessary. No player. I don't think players want to do it. I think it's just a stupid, stupid thing to do. I totally disagree. I think it shows class. Shows class. I think that it shows the end to a great series. It makes for great pictures. I will say that. Shows class. I, I don't think it shows class because everyone has to do it. It would show more class if guys after the game optionally went and shook hands than if it was a force like, go shake hands, go shake hands, go shake the, hands. I know it's the handshake line, but what do you think of the NFL after games going? I think that NHL, NFL, like the jersey swap is the stupidest thing in the world, but it's optional. And players aren't yell- players aren't ostracized if they don't do it. And I hate Sidney Crosby, but after he didn't do the handshake line, he was ripped on. He was because it showed that he was a little baby. Yeah, see, couldn't... like I don't think that should be a thing. I think playoffs is a very emotional thing. I think that you should put your all into it, and you should be devastated after you lose. Now, do I think that you should shake hands? Yeah, sure, but don't make it forced. Make it a natural thing. Don't. Okay, guys, let's go line up, shake hands. Here we go. Good game. Good game. Good game. I mean, it's not a third-grade T-ball game. All right, I see where you're coming from. And now we have a sport, another sport, that's kind of taking the back seat at this point in the year. Um, it's early in the season, and it's Major League Baseball. So, Ian, how important is this early season? are these early season games? I think the early season is very important in the be- Like, it seems important now, but in the long run, it means nothing. As Detroit fans, as Tigers fans, we remember two years ago when the Tigers started off the hottest team in baseball and didn't make the playoffs. I think right now is a great time to build your rotation. Get your bullpen figured out, and I think that's what it's most important for. But in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't right now doesn't really matter in a 162-game season. I disagree. I think when you end up missing the playoffs by a game or two games... You well, yeah, but we can nitpick at that in every league. Yeah, totally. That's why I think every game matters. Um, baseball, obviously, there are more games to make up your ground, and um, I think it matters. I think every game matters. Obviously, you want to get rolling later in the season to have momentum going into the playoffs, but I think this early season matters. It's I not think, You can't blow it off. I think a hot start's great for a momentum thing, for to get your team out there, to get your team ready, maybe make it a destination at the trade deadline. By the way, Jacob, we're about one-tenth of the way down with the season. Buy or sell for the Tigers. You know, I actually like this team. They do need some players. Uh, they've been hurt. They put up 19 runs without J.D. Martinez and Miguel Cabrera in the lineup, which shows how they do have um, a lot of skill to build on. They need another pitcher. They might need another outfielder. And obviously they need bullpen, which just can never be figured out for the Detroit Tigers. Well... I have some breaking news. Justin, the Browns are going to select Miles Garrett as their first overall pick. Jacob, what are your thoughts on that? Okay, so Browns will select. That's good. At least it takes 10 minutes off the draft. Well, no, they'll take their full 10 minutes. It's the Browns. They, I know they're saying that right now, but in three minutes they could be like, we forgot who Miles Garrett is. Right. So, you know what? I actually, I, I like the pick of Miles Garrett. I'm glad that they're making the right choice. I, I would love for the Lions to now be the joke of the NFL if the Browns win something. It obviously shows that um, they didn't get scared, but I just got another alert that's saying that they are now trying to trade up, which obviously should be. They're trying moved. to trade up from that 12 pick? They're trying to trade up that 12 into the top, like, 7 to try to get it, to try to get Trubisky. That 12 pick for the Browns, and I see it in big letters 
next to it saying, Bill Belichick will take glorious moment of Bill Belichick drafting Christian McCaffrey. You know, that would be pretty It funny. would be beautiful. I don't know if they want to give them the Browns for, tri- for Christian I, McCaffrey. I, I, I'm, if I'm the Patriots and... I know that you like that. They already have four very good running backs in Mike Gillis, yeah, no, Rex Burkhead, James plenty. White, and Deion Lewis. I don't see the Browns trading up. I feel like they're going to be asking too little to move up to get a guy like Trubisky. I, I, already, he's a leader, and I think he has enough confidence going into the NFL to be a good quarterback. Um, All right, let's get back baseball being too long. Baseball this, baseball that. What's your opinion on that? Because I am just like – I to sit back and watch for three hours. It's too long. Nobody, I, I can't sit there and watch it for three hours. You know, you're 15 and make, it, I think it would make the viewership go way up. I just think, I don't know if the players union would have. Some inning, some in between the innings. Because that's what makes the game long. It's that you have 18 inside the game. It's not like there's too much action happening. Maybe they should show commercial commercials in between pitches. If it takes them 26 seconds, they yeah, can decide. It doesn't have to be a full ad. Um, so that's our resolution. Um, they won't because they love money and they all they want is money. So as long as they still make as much money. I agree. So somebody that did make a lot of money this year is Serena Williams. She's at the same time. But the amazing thing is she won her most current major. Nine weeks pregnant. Pre- said that she was pregnant accidentally accidentally she didn't mean to click my story on snapchat i think it's and it's an amazing thing it's absolutely insane to win the major to win them to she didn't lose a set the entire she did not lose a set it's i think that's sanity i think it is how much better she is it was a very tough it was not wimbledon it was the aussie open i thought it was i'm pretty sure it was the aussie open um which is hot and you saw a lot of players retire from that tournament cement and I think it's unbelievable that she did this all pregnant nine only only hope this thing is that it's not her boyfriend's child and that it's LeBron James as much as I dislike LeBron years that LeBron James and Serena Williams need to procreate and have a superhuman child in dollars or to have a kid together yeah and they didn't accept it I was outraged at that a bill did everything you know I, I, don't, I don't know how amazing that child would be. Uh, we saw, I do. We saw Michael Jordan's kid, the greatest basketball player ever, to really not be good at all. Was Michael Jordan's wife the greatest female athlete of all time? I totally agree. Um, yeah, exactly. If you have the second best basketball player of all time have a child with the greatest female athlete of all time, that baby is guaranteed. Like, you know how they say that one athlete or some crazy number? That's one out of one. It's going to be one out of every one million of it's that and that child would be incredible. So on that note, we are going to close up our show. It's been a lot of fun. We're looking forward to the NFL draft tonight. We will come back next week. Our next episode might be sooner than next week. Talking about the NFL draft, seeing what the teams picked and what we think will happen. We'd like to thank you guys for listening with us and from the foam finger this is jacob and ian good night